Welcome to Homemade in Alberta, featuring the rising stars of Alberta country music and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week, coming out of Edmonton, it is the award-winning, very, very talented singer-songwriter and incredible performer, Candice Ryan. In this episode, we are going to be featuring her latest single that came out on September 15th called Wildfire. And of course, in this episode, you are going to get to know Candace a lot better. We talk about her very inspiring musical journey and how she got to where she is today. We also talk about her writing style and how she likes to write about things that are close to her, her life experiences, and how she likes to be open and honest in her music and how she wants people to see themselves in what she wrote. We also talk about how she landed her dream job as an assistant music director and afternoon drive home show host on a country radio station. She really does have the gift of gab as an on-air personality. We also talk about her fabulous style. She always dresses so well. She is fashion goals right here. And of course, so much more. And you're going to hear Wildfire. Well, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. So, you're born in Edmonton to a Métis family, descended from the Michelle First Nation with deep roots in the land. You began singing before you could walk, is what it says on your bio. And it says that your mother loved everything from country to metal, and your father listened to blues and classic rock. You just absorbed it all, and you can hear that in your sound. And your father bought you your first keyboard and gave you his old guitar and off you went to play and create your own music. So let's talk about your musical journey. Tell us about how you got your start and what made you fall in love with music and how did you get to where you are today? Oh, you you don't have that much time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, back to that keyboard, which is kind of crazy because I've got a keyboard now like at my house. It's not like a, a fancy one. It's just something to noodle on. And I was given that when I was in grade two and I just put it out in the living room uh my daughter and I are just kind of settling in our place right now just moving back in and I put it out and I was like whoa I just got like this nostalgic feeling like oh my gosh like I got my first keyboard when I was in grade two my daughter's now in grade two and I'm seeing her love of music and absorbing the same way that I did like I was able to listen to a song on the radio and just like plunk out the notes and then by the time like the song was done I I had the melody down And to my family, that was just unbelievably cool. So they're just like, keep listening to music, keep listening to music. And, and, you know, then I was put into voice lessons and they were always saying that you just, that I just had like an ear for it. Even if they were doing the scales as a warm up, and if she hit the wrong note, I would do that too, because that's what she did. (laughs) But it's, uh, music has always been around me. My dad always just played guitar just like for fun. And so I'd always sing with him and learn all these songs and just kind of, it was just always around me. And, and, you know, growing up in an an indigenous household, like the fiddle and like going to family reunions, we'd always have music going. And it was just something that was like literally always there. I know people always say that, but it's true. I can't do anything at home unless I have music on. Like, it's just, it feels incomplete. And I just needed that that kind of noise to absorb, but, uh, yeah, I grew up with it. And, uh, then, uh, we were robbed in two, uh, in 1996. So they stole all of my music, my, my boombox, my karaoke machine. And I just like went silent. I, I was, I, I just became 
very shy about it. And I, and I, I know now that I've gone through like trauma therapies that that really had a big effect on me. And it was just, it stole everything that I was working towards and that I loved. So for me, I just became uh, recluse. I, I stopped singing in front of people and it was really hard for me to come out of my shell. So it wasn't until later on when I was in high school that I started singing and just kind of letting go and being free about it. And then they put me into uh, Grease, the musical, and just kind of let me do a, a couple songs out of that. And we just kind of did like a musical review. And, and then it was, I was like, oh man, maybe this is what I want to do. But I was always, uh, I was overweight and I always like people, you know, I was bullied a lot and I, I just didn't want to put myself out there. I just, I just couldn't see myself doing it. And, uh, you know, fast forward many years, uh, I won the road to big Valley singing competition at the big Valley Jamboree. And I got to sing on the beer garden stage. And to me, that was like, that was everything that changed everything inside of me that I was like, Oh my God, this is what I want to do. I've, I've now had like, you know, 15,000 screaming people for me, for me, this was the dream that I had always had. Uh, that was my escape. That was the moment I actually got to experience my daydreams from when I was a kid and when I wanted to escape out of, you know, being bullied and everything. People, I felt like people loved me for the first time and for what I wanted to do. So I, I talked to my mom and I was like, oh, wait, how do we do this? Like, what do we want? Like, how do we even approach this? So then I, uh, I started writing with some friends who were just like, you know, just your bar people and just kind of had their local bands and stuff and just kind of got into that it that way. And uh, yeah, it was, it, it was kind of a, a little process. And I'd always, I'd always saw that global country spotlight had a thing and a competition, but I always missed it. So I was like, okay, next year I'm going to write it on the calendar and I'm going to apply and I'm going to compete in this. I want to be in this. So the first year uh, I got to meet Marianne Gibson and I, I, I'd made the, I didn't make the top five. So we decided that my mom and I were going to go to Nashville anyway. We're just going to go and experience everything. So then the next year uh, I not only made the top five, but I won. So it was unbelievable to me and that just literally set everything up and I, I got to go to Nashville with them and go and compete in the North American uh, Country Music Association International Awards where I come home with uh, Female Entertainer of the Year, uh, Songwriter of the Year and that alone was just unbelievable. That's also when I found out that I was selected to sing the anthem for the Edmonton Oil Kings and they wanted me to audition for one game and then see how it went. So then they picked me up for the whole the rest of the playoffs. And it was just like all these things kept like coming up and coming up. And it was just, I felt like my world was, it, it felt weird because I'm like, how did I go from singing karaoke in a bar to singing in front of, you know, all the like tens of thousands of hockey fans. And, you know, I'm a huge hockey fan. So to me, I was like, oh man, maybe, maybe the Oilers will give me a shot. <laughs> that was the dream. And, it, and then it happened. And I got to sing at six games for the Oilers and it was just phenomenal. And uh, just all these things were just going so well in my life on, on the stage and on the ice. And uh, yeah, um, man, I could detour a thousand different directions from here. Sarah, where are we going? 
I I could also go off with a bunch of other questions with those answers too, right there, but we're going to talk more about the beginning of your career. Of course. Now you did dedicate yourself to music in a very earnest way. And you released your first EP welcome to our world in 2013. And it featured a very prominent single called I need you. And that earned you some of those recognitions. You did talk about four awards at the North American country music association awards in Tennessee for female vocalist and Entertainer of the Year and Songwriter of the Year, as well as Country Recording of the Year nominations at the 2014 Edmonton Music Awards. You have been invited, like you mentioned, to sing national anthems at a lot of major sports events and venues in Edmonton and in the area. And you have also performed on some of North America's most iconic stages, such as the Windspear and the Jubilee in Edmonton, as well as Nashville's own Grand Ole Opry and the Ryman Auditorium and Third and Lindsley just to name a few. And you were invited to sing with the Prairie States who went on to win, of course, the $100,000 grand prize at Project Wild. And that is where I got to know you actually. And also you have sung, yeah. And also you have sung with Vince Gill and the Time Jumpers, Clayton Bellamy. And you are now, of course, doing your own thing. You are a lead singer in an Edmonton cover band, The Nervous Flirts. So those are just some of your accomplishments that we all know of. But as an artist, what do you feel has been some of your greatest accomplishments so far? Oh my gosh. So much. Like there's so many different things that have happened that have like meant the world to me. Um, and it's just like at different times of my life. I mean, um, getting two standing ovations singing uh, Stairway to Heaven with an orchestra and a choir in the loft at the, uh, where was that? That was at the Windspear. Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, that's, that was one of the most mind blowing that still makes me like cry thinking about it. Like that alone was one of the most amazing opportunities. Um, singing with Vince Gill and the time jumpers. Like it was such a fluke that I was just like talking with uh, their steel guitar player. And he's like, well, what are you doing here? And I told him that we are there for a competition and he's like, well, you should get up and sing with us. And I was like, what? Like well, you, you could just do that. So I did. And, you know, I sang Crazy by Patsy Klein and uh, Vince Gill was standing right next to me. And I just, you know, when you can feel someone watching you. And uh, so I looked over and there he was grinning ear to ear. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is a real this is a real thing. And, you know, and, and being Clayton Bellamy's backup singer for this congregation project that he's got going on, I have never flown around Canada before. And, you know, he he's been so amazing with this journey that you know we've gone to Vancouver and we've opened up for uh Big Rec and we've opened up for Big Sugar and we've you know it's it's been an unbelievable experience all around and of course like for me as a, a hockey fan born and raised in Edmonton being able to sing the anthem for the Edmonton Oilers six times that was like I'm like I could I could roll over right now and not wake up and I'd, I'd be the happiest person on earth it's uh <laughs> it there's just been so many moments that just they're all like you know like a graph if they're all just like by each other of like the coolest shit I've done and they're they're all there (laughs) (laughs) I love that I can just like hear the smile and the brightness through your voice talking about all of those accomplishments and they're so well deserved and I'm so happy that you have been able to experience all of that and that you are experiencing all of this right now, but we got to go back again to talk about your first EP. Welcome to our world. Like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, it came out in 2013. So tell us about how your first project was received. Tell us how you made it. Tell us more about it. 
Wow. Okay. When it, it's one of those things where like, I was talking with uh, an artist, Desiree Dorian, and we're like, man, don't you wish you could just like go back and delete your uh, first album? <laughs> it's just one of those things that it's, it's so, it, it was the first time I ever really wrote songs. I, I wrote um, two of them for friends of mine. Welcome to our world was written for my friend Candace, who uh, had a baby and I just, I wanted to give a gift and that was the gift. I knew what to, uh, how to do it. So that was written for her. And then I need you was written for my friend, Victoria, who uh, they found out that her, uh, well, her mom was diagnosed with cancer and it was like very quick uh, from the time that they were, she was diagnosed to the time she'd passed away. So that song was just like, what I felt was moments that somebody who, who needed their mom and just like wanted to go and call them, but you know, they're not there. So that song is, uh, you know, incredibly personal to me. Uh, a lot of my friends who been around from the very beginning, that's, you know, one song that if they've lost somebody, they're like, Oh my gosh, like that's a song that just brings them to their knees. And uh Cougar Blonde, that was just a, a fun little ditty that my mom and I wrote together. And just, uh, just about those trashy cougars who were hitting on men. And, and now I am one. So now, now it's just like, that's how I feel about life. <laughs> that is awesome now there is a quote that I did see on a website here and it says I write about the things that were close to me my life experiences I was ready to be open and honest in my music and I wanted people to see themselves in what I wrote when you were talking about your writing style but let's go deeper into that what is a writing session like with you how do you write your songs and how do you emote your emotions the way that you do and how do you want to connect with people through your writing I mean, and writing, writing changes like so much with every songwriter. I love to songwrite with people, um, especially good songwriters. Cause I'm not, uh, I, I don't really play guitar and I don't really play the keyboards, but I can talk a lot and somehow form ideas. So, I mean, I've, my brain's going all the time with different things, the loveliness of like ADHD, but it's, I love to write with people and kind of go in with a, maybe an idea and then just talk it out. Sometimes they just become therapeutic and sometimes they turn into something that you're like, oh my gosh, yes, that has to be out there. And But I really wanted to write from the heart because I feel that's country music, you know, like that's uh, writing about experiences. It's relatable. It's, you know, everything that we go through as people. And I think that's what makes a great song is what we can connect to on a deeper level. For sure. And with that said, I haven't actually asked an artist this before, but what song for you makes you feel all of those things connected, seen and heard? Of my own or of other, any other song? Of any other song and your own. Let's do both. Ooh. Um, well, I've got this one song called Breathless. I wrote this with Chris Byrne of the Road Hammers and Mike Little of Keys for Everyone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I just, I went in, I was kind of like, I was in a really like Adele mode and I was like, I really want to write a song that just like, like left you breathless and just like that time of your life where something, you know, if something happened to you, how do you feel? And I've been like, at that moment, I wrote it in 2013. And even to the things that I've been through with my life, I, I, I connect to every single word and every single thing that happens. And you just, it's one of those ones that make you feel deeply about it and it just hooks you right from beginning to end because everybody's been through trauma 
everybody's been through sadness, but it's how we come out of that. And that's how I feel right now in that. And then when it comes to a song, oh, that someone else wrote that I deeply feel, oh, oh my God. I just looked at my screen. And I saw Loretta Lynn, Fist City. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not it. But um, there's a there's a song by Martina McBride called In My Daughter's Eyes. And I, I was thinking about this the other day. And even when I when I found out that I was pregnant I was like I feel like that's going to be a song that I used to love to be able to sing but now I can't like it makes me cry because I just know as a person I always wanted to be the best person I could be because my daughter's going to be looking at me and she's going to see who I see even if I don't see that I don't know if that made any sense but like when you know when you look in a mirror and you see yourself and you're like mm, man I think I you know should work out a bit or you know like oh my Someone's getting a little saggy. Oh, I should like lift nip tuck here, this, that, and the other thing. But then I realized that this baby is looking at me. This child is looking at me and I, I can't have those thoughts. So I changed the way that I looked in the mirror to myself. So that way, when she looked in the mirror, she felt confident. She felt strong. So I had to change my entire mentality of being for her. And I feel like in my daughter's eyes, Martina McBride is that song that just, who gets you? Oh man, I can hear that already. You're like, I'm just, it gets me. That's beautiful. I love that so much. Now we're going to move on to your other career here for a second before we get back into your music. You landed a dream job as an assistant music director and afternoon drive host for CFWE radio at Windspeaker Media. And you are known for your gift of gab. We have talked quite a bit and both of us have big personalities. That's why we get along and we have so much so. fun together. <laughs> So tell us a bit about that job and tell us a bit about how you do it and how has that helped your music career and prepared you to move forward as an artist? And also tell us about being on the radio. I love being on the radio. It's amazing. It's something I never, ever, 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 ever thought about. I got this job because I'm an artist and they were looking for somebody to co-host and just kind of be like that person you play off of. So I was hired to be that guy. And I, I, I didn't know how to do any of these like wide orbits or like, I was like, what is the, what is the system of things? And it's scary because it's live and <laughs> I'm like, oh no, but it was because I was an artist and this station has already been playing my music since the very beginning. CFWE is typically the first radio station to play a lot of artists. And that's yep. how I knew of CFWE and being a Métis woman, I knew that I'm like, well, I've been in here countless times for interviews. Uh, I had so much fun co-hosting just as an artist. And then when I came to to work here, I think it was like 2017 because I'd, I'd had my daughter for not too long. And yeah, so it, I think it was about then. And that's when I first started. And it's always been 2016 because she was just a, she was just a young pup. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I started there and I think it's just helped make the connections from artists because you're constantly talking to them. You're finding out what they're doing. You're interviewing them. You're messaging back and forth. You're getting all these connections. You're making connections with literally everybody in the media. And that's just kind of where it's been. And, and as you know, and that was, that was when I, I, I pretty much, I stopped making music. So, I mean, when I started here, that was, I'd already 
had a song out for a few years and that was the last time it was 2013. So I had already like kind of went through my, my traumas in secret and then was working in radio just as my kind of like, well, if music was meant to be in my life, it'll be in there somehow. And then this came about. So that was like kind of just my, my save, my safety from just still having music around. Um, I left a little bit uh, for about a year and a half. And then I came back and and then I, I told Jeremy, I was like, I, if I, if it's not an afternoon position, I can't take it. I just can't do mornings anymore with the, with the daughter. So he's like, nope, that's perfect. Cause that's what I have available. So I became assistant music director. So I helped do all the uh, logs and help get all the shows ready to go and helping all of our uh, on air staff and freelancers with their shows and getting all the the music published which is super fun I really love it um but yeah it's a it's it's just a career path that I would have never imagined so it is nice that CFWE is the first radio station to play my brand new song wildfire (laughs) but I mean I still had to send an email so I mean I still did everything that I would have done had I not been working here (laughs) so I mean I'm not gonna ever like I felt it felt weird not gonna lie I was like I, I've, I'm like, judge my song as you would anyone else. Do not play favorites. Mm-mm. And that's one thing I was very, very assertive on. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that would be correct for anybody. Well, I'm the exact same way. Like we both love supporting independent and emerging artists so, so much. And I'm not going to ask you the question because I know both of us do not like this question. What makes a good song? It's such a tough question. So we're going <laughs> to avoid that question today. <laughs> Thank <But> you. <laughs> Because I did feature you, of course, on Industry Feature Friday, the blog on StudioBpodcast.com, of course. But I am going to go back to another question for the listeners of the podcast. What is some advice you would give artists looking to get on the radio with one of their songs? Who should they contact and how should they go about doing it? Because you said you still had to email your song in and fill out a form. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no favoritism anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. (laughs) I mean, and this is like crazy. Like, I don't, I don't want to like ever name drop or anything like that, but there was like a huge artist who had a huge song this past year and they want to see CMA and uh, we didn't pick that song up. So, I mean, it doesn't, it's kind of funny how like radio views things, but people in streaming and listeners will view music differently. So it's kind of funny that way, but as an artist, now you really got to think, do you want your radio or do you want your song on radio or do you want your song streaming? Because now there's two different avenues of revenue m- money coming in. What do you want? Yeah. You have to really think about that now. So for me as an artist, I went the streaming route. So I got a radio tracker who has, you know, reputable is reputable. The right word reputable. Yeah. Potato, potato. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I went and I, and I chose somebody who, uh, I knew could do a great job to get me on to uh, satellite radio because I was like, well, terrestrial radio is pretty difficult and I don't know if I want to put that effort in, but maybe we'll, we'll find out about, maybe we'll find out about um, if, if it does well on, you know, the Spotify's because now artists can do so much on their own, like through DistroKid and CD Baby, just plunk your song in, upload it to your, your streamings, bing, bang, boom, you're done. So, I mean, there's, there's so many different avenues now to take versus when I was in like, like 20, 2012, 2013, 
Like it's a completely different musical world. Like I had to learn all over again. That's wild. That just seems like a lot of work, <laughs> but in a good way, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's fulfilling, but it's exhausting. <laughs> We're going to go back to your music now here and take a bit of a turn. Now, you are a rising success, but I did read on your website that you had a very painful reality for quite a few years. You are a survivor of domestic abuse, which took place over five years of your marriage, and you lived in fear for yourself and your young daughter, who is adorable, by the way. Thank you for posting so many wonderful pictures about her. She is just incredible. And Your music was silenced and your career was halted there for a bit. And then in 2019, you did go through another traumatic loss and it was deeply traumatic and it shook you to your core. And you have mentioned that you are very vocal about this experience. Now, after taking time to heal, you found music again and you brought it back into your life again. So how did you heal and how did you find your way back? And how did that experience affect you as a performer and a songwriter? It was a long process. I mean, when when you go through any kind of trauma, it's hard to connect back to the things you love. And I knew for me, music was always my escape. And when I went through everything that I did, it's so weird to not say it. It's just like, I'm just so like open. It's so funny. I'm just going to divert this for a second. But I was talking with somebody who I I was going to possibly do a speech on uh for for a a suicide thing and I was like I like say too much and I was like oh I guess I should read the room but anyway besides the point I think I was slowly doing some things like I was with the Edmonton singing Christmas tree and I just kind of like picked and choose like what I wanted to go into that didn't take a lot of effort that I didn't have to take a lot of time away from my family because I had to involve my family a lot to help take care of my daughter. So I didn't want to be a burden, you know? And so that was, um, you know, that was a big thing. So with the Prairie States and, you know, Jeff had asked me, we had interviewed them when they just released Tongue Tied. And he's like, Hey, do, would you be able to do the backup vocals for our CD release party? And I was like, Oh my God, that sounds amazing. And absolutely. So I kind of went back in that way. And the boys from the band were just, I I didn't really tell them what was going on with me until a little bit later, but they were so supportive. And it was honestly one of, it's exactly what I needed, you know, and it was like feeling like you're a part of a group and a family. And they didn't know the deep extent of what was going on in my life, but they, they were so kind from that, it led to Clayton Bellamy asking me to do backups for the congregation shows. And in between two of the shows, I had just left my husband and I was kind of living in this world of, oh, thank goodness. It's, you know, I'm kind of escaped out of that. But then three weeks after that was he had already died. And so Clay's like, you don't have to do this. And I was like, no, dude, I need to do this. Like, you have no idea. So he alone, like, helped me through a great deal because he's got, uh, there's a song called The Healing Mm -hmm. by Clay in the congregation. And if you've never heard that song, that song, he calls it the rock and roll altar call. And I mean, I'm not really a religious person, but when you're healed by the spirit of the rock and roll, it's a completely different feeling. 
you you're surrounded by all these friends and musicians who held my hand to get me through these songs, but I gave everything on stage. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that I just, I knew that if I didn't have music and didn't go through these moments with my friends on stage, I don't know if I would have been able to get through it. Well, I mean, look at where you are now. You're kicking so much ass and you're just such a bright personality. And we got to get a bit more positive now because I have to say your style is incredible. Like this whole past weekend, I am like, okay, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? And you just look gorgeous all the time. So let's talk about your closet. Who are like some of your style inspirations when you get dressed in the morning? What are you thinking about? Tell me all about it. Okay, so here I sit today in my amazing hat and my like Kim Kardashian bodycon dress. What's my inspiration? (laughs) Feeling and looking and accepting your body for who it is, what it is, because it's what we got. Yes, preach. After like a point in my life, I'm like, I am going to walk out of my house every single day. Like I am going to be on stage. Like I am that bad bitch. Like I just wanted to be that every single day. And I love it. I just, I don't want to ever like look at my closet and be like, Oh, there's a t-shirt or, you know, like just like something boring that I want to like actually legitimately be like, Oh, but I want to wear that dress, you know, but I love high fashion. I love, I love everybody who just like expresses themselves in like an extreme fashionable on stage persona. I do like a good bargain. I'm not going to lie. A lot of my stuff is found at Value Village. That white uh, suit I was wearing there uh, was that Friday night at the CCMAs? I yes, found that yeah. At Value Village. Yeah, that was gorgeous. Oh my God. <laughs> I think someone actually made that. So I'm like, I love it. And uh, my daughter found those uh, red shoes for me. We were at uh, we were at the VV boutique and she's like, mom, you need these. And I just like, like, yes, I do. So she's a, she's a big influence in my uh, fashion sense as well. But I mean, I just, I honestly, I just, I've accepted my body for the curves it is. And I just, I just want to feel it and show it. I've had a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess. Drag queens, drag queens and Dolly Parton. Those are my influences. <laughs> Great influences. Like, I mean, you radiate just like positivity and gorgeousness and your style, like I said, is insanely wonderful. We got to talk about your new single out now, Wildfire. Now you do have several singles out. You got California Sunrise, Cougar Blonde, Welcome to Our World, I Need You, and this new incredible new song out and your voice and the lyrics and the instrumentation, all of it is so raw and gorgeous. And when you sing, just one touch can spark a wildfire. Like when you sing that, like, wow. So tell us a bit about the writing process behind the song and what the song means to you. Oh, I love the song. So I wrote this song eight years ago with Doug Falkins. I know. Isn't that crazy? All all the songs. So, uh, but anyway, wildfire, um, I kind of wanted, I was, let's, oh, let's get, should I get really personal here? Okay. Cause I'm, I'm, uh, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I was tempted by the fruits of a gentleman and I was like, Ooh, Doug, we should write a cheating song. Cause that's, that's a good expression. Don't do it. Just write it. Right. So I was like, we should write a cheating song and just about like this kind of thing. And so he's like, Ooh, I had a really good title. And I was like, okay. So he tells me, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is great. So Doug and I just like vibe off each other and like, just go through like all these amazing words and phrases that just like all of the 
temptations and the desires, but the guilt and the excitement of, of all of this. And so, yeah, it's just, I loved the, the idea and the concept of just kind of like revitalizing a good cheating song for country music. (laughs) Well, it is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Now we have covered a lot today, but is there anything you will, anything else you want to mention or talk about? I'm just so excited to to be back and releasing music. I've if it, if it wasn't for the friends and musical family that I've been in contact with since since the the inception of my first EP and just the connections I've made, these are the people that have kept me going and and meeting them, re-meeting them, I guess this weekend at the CCMAs really just really made it seem like I am doing the right thing coming back into music and, and people saying that I should have never left and, you know, but just watching my story, watching my transformation and just everything that they've been watching behind the scenes um, has really given me the fuel to, to keep going. So um, thank you, Sarah, like your love and support over these years is just, it's undeniable and just, I feel it so much. So I just want to thank every single person out there who I've ever come in contact with. If you're following all my socials or anything like that, uh, I truly, truly, truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. You've, you saved me. Well, we're all in this together and we are very happy that you've come back and you've come back so strong. And I'm so excited to see where your songs go and where more of your music takes you. And I know a lot of other people are in the same boat. So tell us, where can we find everything about you? CandiceRyan.com. Love it. And of course, on all the socials. <laughs> yeah, all the links are there because that's how you got to do it. Exactly. Welcome to 2022. Well, Candice, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Before I play Wildfire here, introduce it for us. Oh, I am so incredibly proud of this song. Not your typical cheating song, but this is the one uh, from the perspective of the other woman. She falls helplessly in love. Control, unpredictable, so volatile and here tonight. You've been watching me, I can sense these things. You're a passion I can't fight.
is our guest, Candace Ryan, with her incredible new song, Wildfire. That song and all of her music is available wherever you buy, download, or stream your songs right now. And as mentioned, you can follow along her very exciting and very promising musical journey on her website and also on all social media platforms under Candace Ryan. Well, Candace, thank you so much for being a part of Homemade in Alberta this week. That was an absolute pleasure, and you are welcome back anytime. And of course, if you'd like to know more about Candace as an on-air personality in radio, you can head on over to StudioBpodcast.com, and she is featured in the blogs under Industry Feature Friday. And that is your Homemade in Alberta for this week. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out and have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.